mindfulness mode. We have to want to heal. Welcome, Mindful Tribe. Welcome back to another episode of Mindfulness Mode. And today I have a survivor of childhood abuse on the show. And she now helps women become powerful decision makers. She's a coach, she's a mentor, she's a speaker, and she truly makes a difference in the lives of so many women. And she helps them to break through free from the negative cycle that leaves them feeling stuck, helpless, and hopeless. So I don't know if you have a feeling of helplessness in your life or not, but if you do, stay tuned because my guest today can help you with that. And my guest today is Wen Peets. Wen, are you in mindfulness mode today? Yes, I always am in mindfulness mode. Grateful to be here. And I'm so grateful to connect with you, Wen. Wen, what does mindfulness mean to you? Ah, mindfulness to me means, this may sound curious, but through my own self-healing and working with so many women, it comes down to giving yourself consent. Consent to quietly listen to your soul's song the humming of your heart, the humming of the emotions that you may be tempted to run away from, giving yourself to quietly listen to all the feelings that come through to you and they show up in different ways. And because we are not taught the inner power, the divine reality that's waiting for us to change, the quality of that reality through listening to our truth, our inner voice, to invite ourselves into the room where there's usually so much noise, yes? Music, TV shows, bosses, kids, pets. For me, that is mindfulness. Becoming aware of the quality of your reality, the quality of your emotions, and being, being so grounded in the sense that this belongs to me. This is not bad. This is not good. It just belongs to me. And I can love myself in a way that allows me to let all that's coming up sit right here with me at the table. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad that you've outlined that for us, Wen, because that's a beautiful way that you've described this. And I want to dig right in and I want to jump in and ask you, how do we connect with our emotions if we feel like there's nothing there. If we feel like, geez, I'm helpless. I don't know how to connect with my emotions. Mm, brilliant question. Thanks for asking that. Bruce, it's so it's so simple, it seems counterintuitive. Many times, and I have done this, so I completely understand, our thinking mind or conscious mind is always busy talking us out of just sitting with ourselves. It's always saying, no, you got to do all these other things. And no, go run away from yourself. Have a cookie, go watch a TV show. So that the art, the love, I call it holy work, H-O-L-Y. Holy work of just sitting still and just noticing how that feels. Twiggle your fingers and your toes. How does that feel? That is listening. You're just letting your whole being be present in the space of you. 
It's It sounds so simple because we are so used to doing the thing that proves to the world that we are valuable, that we are purposeful, that we are part of the pack. No, we have to first belong to ourselves and our emotions belong to us. And sometimes, for example, joy. Joy is a feeling that we all want to feel bliss and excitement. That's no different in my mind the information that brings to your being, the feeling, is not really different from what shame and guilt and envy and all that. It's just information and it's sacred. So if you level the playing field and come to, and it takes time to come to that feeling, I am a sacred being. I am given these messages because they're here to guide me forward. So it's okay that they're coming through. And so because we've attached shame and guilt and, and negative negativity to the emotions that are not that pleasant, we believe we need to not feel that. But I invite all my clients to let it all, let yourself feel all of you. I say in my book, the blue children are just as important as the orange children, meaning the discomforting feeling. They're teachers of love, where love is just love. You, you can attach yourself to that easier. Sounds tricky and sounds simple, but it's just... <laughs> allowing everything, allowing yourself to be fully embraced into your own arms yeah, wow, and knowing I that's okay. That. Yeah. You have a beautiful way with words, when ah, I just love you. hearing you speak. And mm -hmm. one thing I've never heard is I've never heard you sing. And I know that singing <laughs> is something that you do. I want to know, tell me how singing feeds the mindfulness part of your soul. Bruce, I'm starting to tear up. So uh, for me, singing helped me to connect to the power of my divine. Mm. So before I was hurt, mm -hmm. before I experienced any type of trauma, my, my divine design was that of a singer. I write music, I play piano, I do all these things. That came through as I was, bo I was born this way. So that truth, whatever you're, however you and the listeners, the dear listeners were born with that gift, whatever gift it is, it could be the gift of compassion. That was already set. So that's why I say with all my clients, as you are, you are beautifully made. You are already worthy. Something just happened and it shifted for you. So for me with singing and creating songs and music, I use my full entire being, heart, soul, mind without my thinking mind. Yeah, without right. my thinking mind being so busy, I just be. So the mm. songs and the melodies come and that's deep within the soul. And because I'm able to uh, touch and connect with that feeling, I know it's truth. I know it's pure. I know it's good. And that goodness, that purity came from both the harder to work through feelings, discomforting feelings, as well as the loving feelings. That's why all of us should be welcome and embraced by ourselves. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing bad. It's just sacred information. Yes, yes. And I want to address your book. You've written Inner Child Healing, and the mm -hmm. subtitle is Heal Your Wounds, Train Your Mind, Create a New you. Well, let's talk about the the healing you needed to do. What was the trauma in your life that you needed to heal? Mm -hmm. The trauma in my life uh, came to my awareness at different stages of my life. Uh, let's go all the way back, Bruce, because many of us are born into 
the body and the souls that we are born into. And we come through to the world with trauma already imprinted at a cellular level. Yes, epigenetics, mm -hmm. you may have heard that. So yes, we already come through with that. So that, thank you for sharing that, that comes through and it gives us this almost false truth of our possibilities, of our identity. And it says, hey, this is a cap. <laughs> this is a limit of anything you can be, become, think of becoming. And so we have that already imprinted in our DNA, cellular level. And then on top of that, for me, I came through with that. My ancestors were from different parts of the world. And my great, 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 great grandmother, yeah, yeah, she was a slave from Ghana. So a lot of that is imprinted. But on top of that, I was born into a culture that was very conservative, a family setting that's supportive in certain ways, but the way of communicating was through um, loud, for some people, not everyone in my family, but for some people was loud speaking, emotional abuse, physical abuse. That's what I encountered. There were moments of joy, moments of mm -hmm. happiness, but there were also moments of trauma, physical abuse. And along the way, I, I dealt with, I was kind of dealing with that. And in my 20s, I discovered through the, the resurfacing of my repressed memories that I was physically abused by my mm -hmm. father. So, and that was happening concurrently while I was being physically abused by my mother. Oh, but wow. I didn't remember at the time because, you know, the mind, that's why I, I say with all my clients, we cannot heal what we cannot handle emotionally. So some may say, oh my gosh, this is a terrible thing. I say it is what it is. Yeah. And I could only have healed when I was able to handle all that came through with being physically abused in memories. So I've dealt with that. And that's something I had to heal because... Unless, until we talked about mindfulness earlier, until you are aware, dear readers, until you are aware of how you feel, it's going to be hard for you to change because you cannot heal what you do not allow yourself to feel. And so for me, that wound of dealing with trauma from physical abuse, sexual abuse, it, it manifested in my life. The amount of salary that I would not negotiate the, the the relationships that I engaged in, just how I thought about myself, how I regarded myself, and how I showed up for all my conversations and in the world and where I live, who I choose to live, who I choose to get opinions from, all of that shapes who we are. So until we allow those feelings to come through and say, this happened to you, you are not that shame, hurt, all of that. It takes time. It takes courage <laughs> courage yeah. is a skill it but that was my does. healing that was my healing and it's yeah. every day bruce you know Beautiful. healing is not a one and done that's right no it takes time and it is every day so your podcast is called rebel for a spell podcast could you tell us how you came up with that name rebel for a spell yes so i use the verb rebel instead of the noun, rebel. So it, grounded in my healing method called the born divinely worthy method is this fact that my personal healing helps me realize. Bruce, you, dear listeners, you know what's truly best for you to answer Bruce's question. You are the expert of your life. So society and all these standards of behavior and uh, logic the illogical logic, reasoning, and the thinking mind tells you to discredit and judge yourself for how you feel. And I say, no, rebel, <laughs> be the contrarian, rebel from everything, all the noise you hear, and quietly listen 
to your voice, to your truth, explore with curiosity. So that's why I call my company Rebel for a Spell, my podcast, <laughs> my publishing company, Rebel for a Spell, meaning you, you have the sovereign right to your thoughts, your feeling, your emotions, your expressions. Let it all come out because the world needs you. You as you are. Somebody's looking and waiting for your help. Your help, your particular resonance, the tone of your voice, the way you look, <laughs> the way you smile, the way you laugh, the way you express yourself. Oh, Rebel. That really is powerful. What was the thing that you did initially to begin to heal your wounds? I did not rebel. <laughs> That's okay. the first thing. So the first thing, it's, it's, it's sort of, it happened over a period of, let's say, seven years. It wasn't just one thing. But if I had to root it, it had to... I had to allow, give myself consent to be aware of what I was feeling. I was addicted to Hagen Dazs ice cream for a while there, Bruce. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I used to come, I used to live in New York. I'd take the train from Manhattan, yeah. take the, the train straight up to the stairs, the bodega. We call the little corner store. We call them bodega. Yeah. And I would go straight and get that gallon Hagen Dazs and I would numb myself, sedate myself, because now I'm not so busy with work. I'm just mm. alone. So the feeling was, wait a minute, this doesn't feel like love. This ice yeah. cream doesn't feel like love. I had to imagine in my mind, what would love feel like? And for me, the connection was, and we all find our own connections, was the feeling that I had when I wrote music, the feeling when I had when I sang or I hummed, that felt like love. So the closer I became to the awareness of what was not love, it led me to, to my heart to feel the pull for wanting more love. And so I gained the courage to keep doing the exploration, researching within myself, because I tried therapy, I tried all these things, but I was not connecting soulfully, because Bruce, the brain can tell you to find the most uh, qualified person in this and that. But if you don't feel, if you don't feel soulfully connected to that journey, it'll be difficult to get there. So the awareness practice and building that along the way helped me. Right. Yeah. Thanks for that. When chapter three of your book, you entitled it Picture of My Face, can you share that with us, why you wrote this chapter? Mm. Yes, Bruce. So my father, who was my, my favorite human in the world, passed away this summer, actually. Mm. He passed away this summer. He was my favorite human. I'm sorry. And thank you. Thank you. We, we, we were um, estranged forever because I, I removed myself from that relationship so that I could heal. I look exactly like my father, except he's lighter complexed. And for the longest time in my healing journey, my I call it my suffering journey, <laughs> my struggling journey, I absolutely loathed myself. The picture mm. of my face, I actually have a song entitled The Picture mm. of My Face. It just terrified, traumatized, triggered me. So my the reason I named that chapter, the picture of my face was I had to come to a place of recognizing that even though I looked and look like the person who hurt me, I am not that person. 
I am not that person. I had to realize that I will not be that person if I choose not to be, meaning the bonds that connect us, DNA or whatever shows up in my mirrors that I had to cover, by the way. No mirrors were allowed to be unsealed. I am not that person. I am a good person. There's something that this shame, something that this journey is purposing my life to do. So I need to find the courage, build the strength of courage. That's why I called it the picture of my face. Meaning you'll always be who the face is not going anywhere. So I have to find some space in my heart to accept love and receive the messages that my intuition, my spirit is telling me. This face is going to help another person. This face is going to help somebody else belong to themselves because you can't run away from who you are. You have to use everything in your being to be that purposeful job to activate the truth that you think belongs to you. And my truth, Bruce, is freedom. <laughs> Living right. the freedom of being who we are. Peaceful, yeah. loving, right. grateful. And I can tell that you really embrace that truth. I want to talk to you about honesty, lies and honesty, and how you came to the point that you realized that you needed to really grab hold of honesty, full honesty, self-honesty. You talk about this. Can you share it with Mindful Tribe? Yes. Truth is hard sometimes for us to yeah. sit with because we've been lied to so much, especially for me was the biggest lie that I grew up believing or tempted, was tempted to believe was that my thoughts, how I feel, my visions for myself, they're inconsequential. They're invaluable. They do not matter. And it's hard to retrain your mind to come out of that space of devaluing yourself. So for me, the honesty, the truth was coming back to quiet listening and awareness, saying there is a reason that you, this may sound curious to your listeners, so I invite you to receive it in the way that I'm sharing it with you. There's a reason that this particular hurt was put upon you. Your maker, whether you believe in God, Allah, Buddha, the source, nature. There's something about you, Bruce. There's something about you, listener. There's a thing inside of you that, that, that says that you can handle this. I'm giving you this message to give to the world. So for you to receive this fully, you have to embrace your truth of your feelings, your emotions, and go deeper, layer by layer. Do not be persuaded or seduced by all the noise, all what people are saying. How do you feel? Why do you feel? Do you want to feel any differently? Tell, 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 tell yourself the truth at a pace you can handle and step away when you feel like it. Because if you are living a version of your life that does not feel like home within you, oh, that's going to be hard to keep moving and flourishing in a way that feels like your home because you will be like doing what I was doing for a long time, running, 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 living in different continents, different states, different countries, running away from yourself. And this is a home that you will feel most safe and most protected and nourished and nurtured. So that's why it's important for us to get this courage to tell ourselves a full truth and knowing that. Every emotion is working to bring you home. They are lighthousing you home to every single room in your soul. So you know that you belong here. You belong here. Right. Yes. I want to ask you, when, what was the biggest challenge when you went to write your book? 
Ah, that's a great question. The biggest challenge was the revelations that came up even after all this time. For example, the awareness of the, the simultaneous physical abuse, sexual abuse, the awareness of a fear and how prevalent it is within many people in, in society to avoid the thing that makes them uncomfortable. And it resonated in my interactions as I wrote about my mother and asking her to apologize. It's so, for, for, for us to be of service to others, I believe, we have to first be of service to ourselves. So in the book, as I saw the animation of my life and the animation of the interaction, at moments, Bruce, I had to just step away because it was so, again, I say, work at a pace that you can handle. It was so boof, like this is the truth of all of us. We seek belonging. We seek belonging within ourselves, the biggest, biggest revelation, but we seek belonging amongst ourselves and with ourselves together. Because we are not meant to live alone. We are not meant to be alone. And yes, my parents were who they are, but we still need friends, surrogate parents, I call it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Whether it's yeah. your podcast or uh, religion, or we still need that sense of belonging. So that was the most powerful revelation. We strive to belong to ourselves, but in truth, we all really need to belong to each other. That ecosystem is what creates our humanity. Right. When you've shared about the childhood abuse you endured, do you have a story, though, about mindfulness as it applies to bullying or being bullied? Or maybe you have a story about being a bully yourself. Mm. Do you have a story where mindfulness would have made a difference? I was a bully for myself. Oh. My bull I bullied myself yeah into believing i was not good enough i was dirty i was scarred i was ugly i was all mm. these things so i self-bullied myself into believing all the things that the emotions of discomfort and especially shame brought up look at you look at how you look you can't run away from this face so i dealt with that personally and through my self-healing i learned to unravel that but i on top of that i was bullied in school as well because i had a lot of scars from physical being physically abused um i have hyperpigmentation some people in my family so the scars do not heal quickly at all it takes decades so oh. i had a lot of scars littered on my legs and people would point and of all these names. So dealing with that too, it's not pleasant at all. But the curious thing is <laughs> the same person who gave me these scars and helped and, and was witnessing my being bullied. My mother would say to me, she'd hold my hands, her hands in my, her hands around my face. And she said, nobody's better than you. And nobody's better than you. Don't mm -hmm. listen to them. You you know, she said all the positive things. And that was so confusing to me, Bruce, because I'm thinking, but you gave me these scars. <laughs> Where yeah. do I, I don't get it. No, so, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. But within her, somewhere inside of her, she had the capacity and maybe the compassion, the awareness to see I'm doing something wrong. I don't know how to fix it because I, this is her, I'm imagining she was telling herself, there's some things in my life I have to clean up so that I don't give this inheritance to my child. Right. So I, I'm grateful that she did that because that instilled a little window of, ah, oh, I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not ugly i'm just different and i have to figure out how to use a certain cream or she'd help me buy something to deal with it but bullying is very harmful because it tempts you to believe that everything they say you are and you don't have anywhere else to go but that state of being 
So it's very difficult to get through that. But again, if you find some some way, for some people, it's surrounding themselves with maybe their animals, their plants, some people, community of other people, finding a coach, finding a therapist, and just finding some creative some creative resource, avenue, music, laughter, painting that feeds another emotion of joy, of hope. That's how you could try to counterbalance it and be ready. I invite the dear listeners, if you need help, raise your hand. <laughs> there are many people out here that will willingly offer you that space of healing. That is so true. Yeah. When what is the most beautiful thing in your life right now, today, oh. in this moment? Ooh, so many, so many. Ah, I would say the relationships that I have right now, the dear loving community of healers that I've met, my family members who are still connected with me and seeing them flourish, the love of my life and having found him <laughs> and I knew he was available and and me also just being mindful to be grateful every day, Bruce, seconds of every day to stop and say, this is what you get every day. <laughs> that feeling of freedom, your mind is no longer chasing a new out of your body. Your mind is embracing you to stay inside your home. That feeling of gratitude, that's what I'm Ah, so rooted in now. And I love that. So I just love that. When <laughs> I know you can be found on YouTube by just typing in rebel for a spell. You've got videos on there. Was there ever a time when it was difficult for you to shoot a video of yourself oh, sharing with the world? Absolutely. I remember my first video. Because Bruce, uh, one thing about being a trauma survivor and being being bullied, you, you all, I said this to an, another interviewer the other day. I said, I was afraid to be seen. Mm -hmm. She was alarmed. She was like, you're afraid to be seen. You've always been singing. And she's from my country, so she knows my background. You've always been in the public space. But being seen in a way that shows your vulnerability is very different from being yeah. singing. Singing, you can hide behind the melody. So for me, creating my very first video was jarring. But I powered through and I realized this, you were saved for a reason. You have a mission and a responsibility. It's not just about you. So within yourself, power through and deliver some semblance of hope to another soul. Especially when I made that video about how I was sexually abused by my father. I've just moved with my intuition. I had no plan to do it, but the spirit said, and I move, Bruce. When I get that intuitive nudge, I move knowing that this is my responsibility. Because another soul out there may not believe or even think that somebody else is dealing with this. We're not alone, really. We're all connected. Yeah, so true. We're all connected. So true. When, as we move forward in the podcast, I want to ask you five quick answer questions. So just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has been a powerful mindfulness influence for you in your life? My cousin, Deidre. My sister cousin, Deidre. I've known her forever, all my life. Beautiful, loving soul, kindness, beyond reasoning. And she always said to me, sheer, sheer, sheer when. Sharing is how you know, other people know they are not alone, Deidre. 
Wow, that's beautiful. And my second question is about your emotions and how mindfulness has helped you to deal with your emotions. Mindfulness helps me because every day, Bruce, I step into the space of love. My eyes are closed right now. I shut down one of my senses and I just listen to everything that's coming up in my body. Everything. I do not filter. I do not judge. I let the messages come, come, come. And then I say, hey, what do you want me to do? What are you trying to tell me? And I encourage myself to sit, to explore and to and to act in a way that serves the truth in which I'm living in right now. That is love. Ah, that's beautiful. When let's talk about breathing. Is there a technique or are there some thoughts on breathing that you could share with us? Breathe with my whole being. I have a, I'm writing a second book. I don't <laughs> I'm not gonna delve into it, but our body can breathe in different ways, our throat, we think, our nose, but we can breathe with our entire being if mm-hmm. we choose to. And that quiet listening I was telling you about before, it just helps you to invite your whole heart to breathe in a way that expands it horizontally. It sounds curious, but invites you to become more loving and connected in such a coherent way with your mind and your heart and your soul. That's never been taught to anybody, never been taught by me, by anybody. I just discovered it through my practice and I'm happy to share more. If anybody's interested, can find me online with other souls. Yeah, that's great. And your book, Inner Child Healing, Inner Child Healing is wonderful. And we can go to your website at rebelforaspell.com and we can learn all about you. But are there any other books that you recommend? Uh, One pops to mind, Eckhart Stillness Speaks. That one's such a tiny little powerhouse of a book. (laughs) I remember the first time I read it, I thought, what is this? strange man talking about sitting still and blah 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 oh this is nonsense fast forward a couple years i read it again i said oh my gosh this makes so much sense so that book resonates a lot for me in many different ways yeah thank you for sharing that eckhart tolle and stillness speaks i'll put that in our show notes at mindfulnessmode.com so any apps are there any apps that you use Um, or recommend that can help with mindfulness I stumbled on, I think it's called Hayes House app. Okay, something the like Hay that. House app, yes. The Hay House app, that has, a, what I liked about that was the variety of offerings it had, not only meditative music or um, uh, guided meditation, but a whole bunch of other stuff. But I found in the end, Bruce, it comes back to your sovereignty. It's whatever works for us. If an app doesn't work for you, you'll stumble on the thing that you need as you explore and be curious. So now I don't even use the app because I found another thing that helps me, which is just quiet listening. <laughs> yeah. No noise, no right. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same with me. I don't use apps nearly as much as I used to, but for some people it helps get started. Mm-hmm. It helps get into a meditative state. So thanks for sharing that. And as we wrap up the interview, when I want to ask if you have any final words of advice for any of our Mindful Tribe listeners who may be struggling or may be feeling anxiety, maybe they've had some trauma, as you've described, do you have any final words for those listeners? Sure. Thank you for offering. I would say there is never, ever a race to your grace, never a race to your healing. Your healing should look and feel however it looks and feels to you. 
And when you invite yourself to give yourself consent to feel and to move at a pace that you decide works for you, that invites your heart to open up even more to receive the truths that come through, that help you to heal, that help you to feel, because you truly know what's best for you. And that becoming of whomever you hope to be, whether it's inner calm, whether it's extremely wealthy, whatever version of, of feeling you, of who you're meant to be, it'll come through to you in the seasons that you can handle. Everything in your expressions, everything about time is serving you at a pace that you can handle. And even if you think you fail, oh, I tried this and it didn't work, that's power in that trying. That's not failure. That's just learning. So go easy on yourself. Have mercy on yourself and ask yourself whenever you stumble upon a thing that you can't, you can't push through, just say, hey, was that love or is that a teacher of love? What's the lesson I can learn from that? Who can I reach out to? Who am I inspired to become as a result of trying the thing? There's never a race to your grace and you can improve the quality of your life if you decide to do it. Because healing, Bruce, is not about a need, if I'm very honest here. All of us can go through life living the way we are right now, suffering journey or becoming journey or just bobbing and weaving. We have to want to heal and healing has to be the destination of our breath, every last breath. And that's where mindfulness coming, the awareness. And only you, <laughs> only me, can give us that gift. When thank you so much for all the work you do in the world, for all the coaching that you do with people who who are just looking for someone like you to help them. And thank you for creating this book, this mm -hmm. book, Inner Child Healing, and also when for being on mindfulness mode today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Bruce, and all the work that you're doing to help move this world to a place of feeling safer, calmer, more centered and connected to every single soul that listen, that you touch in your personal private work. Because we need this sense of community, the space of belonging to each other. Thank you so much. Bye now. Bye. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening today to the Mindfulness Mode podcast. Hey, would you do me a favor? Would you go over to Apple and would you leave a comment? Would you subscribe, leave a comment and uh, just leave a review for the podcast? That would help me so much. All of those reviews really help to boost how many people hear the podcast and how many people benefit from the podcast. So if you would do that, I would be so grateful. And with that, take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.